everyone. So, wanted to get started. So, in terms of like the the topic of today's episode, I titled it as the modern day martial arts because um, traditionally we all had the same kind of view of martial arts. Whether we grew up watching the kung fu movies, watching various forms of anime, we kind of see what a martial artist looks like traditionally. However, with the expansion of mixed martial arts and the availability of training, I kind of felt like the, pers- the perspective of what a martial artist looks like um, in today's society has kind of changed drastically. So knowing each and every one of you, um, and I'll do a quick intro, I definitely want to see how martial arts kind of influenced your life and what are your takes on it as being a martial artist. So um, I'll start off uh, just going around the room, doing a quick intro, add whatever kind of details you like. Um, so I'll start with uh, Dave Mazagati. So me and Dave, we known each other uh, for a few months now. I've uh, been training a little bit with Muay Thai. Um, he's actually traveled to Thailand and trained there for a little bit, had some fights. So um, yeah, I'm glad to have you on there, Dave. Um, my cousin Dave Jordan is also like a. Oh, go ahead, uh, Dave. Can you hear us? Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. So. My cousin, uh, David Jordan, also a professional mixed martial artist for a um, little over like six, eight years, I believe, something like that. Started off in wrestling, trained uh, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai under uh, Team Beastman, Marvin Eastman's team. Um, next up, we have my friend Chris Tran, go all the way back since high school, freshman year, way back in the day. <laughs> and now um, I know he, he's informed me that he just received his purple belt in uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu BJJ. So I want to congrat- uh, congratulate you on that. And then last but not least, we also have my friend Will, uh, Mr. William Dickstein, who is, um, in addition to being a, pur- a blue belt on his way to get his purple belt out of extreme couture, also works well with like instructing kids and kind of ensuring the next generation of martial artists exist. So I'm glad to have you guys all on. Thanks for allocating the time. And then um, let's jump in a little bit. And um, whoever wants to, to start us off, we can. Um, and I know I said... Uh, Dave Mazgadi, if you if you want to start us off, feel free. So the first thing I wanted to ask was, what kind of influenced you to get into martial arts? Um, I, I think a lot of it had to do with my dad, honestly. Um, my my dad was involved in martial arts. He's in the '90s. Um, that definitely had a lot to do with it. Um, as far as getting into Muay Thai, I actually had a Muay Thai coach come and live at my house when I was 16 years old. He was here for about two months, and I kind of got to start dabbling in Muay Thai with him, and that kind of inspired me to eventually go over to Thailand and have a couple of fights over there. Okay, nice, nice. So it's kind of good to have like um, you continuing continuing on that journey that your dad has kind of set too. Okay, I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. Um, um, also, I, mean, I got bullied, I think, quite a bit in my really younger years, and. That is also something that pushed me to really get into martial arts as well. I think kind of having my dad, who already had a background in martial arts, was just like a, a doorway right into it. Okay. See, I can actually, like, we'll definitely touch on that a little bit too. Because um, I have a similar background when I was younger. Uh, definitely bullied a little bit. And even some of, like, um, the legendary martial artists that, you know, we all know and love, like George St. Pierre, Israel Adesanya, so on and so forth, they've actually been bullied when they were young. And then, they eventually became those USC champions. So we'll, we'll definitely touch on that a little bit too. Okay. Um, Chris, how about you? Uh, a lot of it was from my dad. Um, a lot of the martial arts that he 
did so he did a lot of like uh chinese martial arts coming from uh vietnam his dad put him in wing chun and kung fu and stuff like that and when he tried to put me into it i did it just because i know my dad liked me doing it um i just wasn't into it i kept watching clips and seeing clips of these big bulky dudes uh just starting to grapple and tear each other apart and I, it was the one of those early ufc tapes um i stumbled upon them. i don't even remember how i just remember watching that and like that's dope i want to do whatever that they're doing <laughs> that looks like way better than this dancing crap my dad is trying to get me into um but for me i used to train at one of the schools he put me into it was this karate place off by clark uh, in Vegas, uh, and upstairs they had all those grapplers. Um, at the time, I didn't realize it, but it was a, a lot of the UFC guys, um, the early day ones, and the academy was the JSEC Academy. Um, so I would always try to sneak up there and watch what they were doing grappling. Um, and they weren't kids weren't allowed up there, so every time I did, they sh- shoot us downstairs and go back to your karate class. But that's really what got me into it, is watching those early tapes um, of the just you know the gracie just tearing everybody apart uh the uh, stuff like that um really got me um a lot of these guys were a lot bigger and i was so entranced by just gracie coming in there and destroying these huge dudes big buff guys like the big blobby dudes just getting destroyed by him too it was a lot of that stuff and a lot of the things is just going to the Kung Fu and like, ah, it's, I don't know if this actually works from when I was a kid. Okay. So overall, it seems like you, you've definitely taken a liking to like grappling early on instead of going that more traditional martial arts route. Yeah. A lot the traditional martial arts was very much pushed on me because of my dad at a young age. So I dropped off of doing that uh, in high school. And then I got into, you know, BJJ about four years, four, four and a half years ago. Okay. And I know you mentioned the JSEC Academy, and I'm very curious because I know um, David Jordan, um, who also introduced me to like actually training martial arts as my older cousin, um, we used to train out of a gym called JSEC, and I'm wondering if that's the same one, the one that's owned by like uh, Skipper Kel, known, known as like Yeah, like it's that one. Uh, so upstairs, they used to have, my, my professor was Henry Cole, Coyle, the first one I trained under. So I was there when I was like, like six, five, six. And downstairs, they had the little karate area. And that's where I'd be there down there with my cousin. I'd try to sneak upstairs all the time and try to see these guys and what they were doing. But I would get uh, pushed back downstairs by the guys because at the time they were training. But yeah, that's the one. Dude, that by, is the amazing. Old, by the 20, yeah. I used to be a 24 hour fitness there too, right? Yeah. yeah. Right yeah. to the right of it. Yeah, that, that's the one. They were, the dudes were upstairs. They were always just beasting. All you would hear is just thumps when you're downstairs in the karate class. That sounds like JSEC, bro, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's actually kind of unique. Yeah, knowing that uh, the three of us, three of the five, actually all started off in like the same kind of same kind of proving ground. I like that. So, so Dave Jordan, how about how about you? Tell us about your experience because like um, I know what makes yours a little bit more unique is um depending on if you view wrestling as a martial art, I personally do. Um, you've technically had like a longer route than any of us. Cause like you've been doing it ever since you were like six, eight, something like that. So I, I started, uh, 
I started wrestling when I was when I was ten years old. I was in a fifth grade, and bro, I was so, I was so garbage, bro. But it was just keeping it a stack. I don't I don't look at uh. Well, I look at wrestling as a like traditional martial art, martial art because it's one of the most important and it's one of the most detailed, just just the same as everything else. But started wrestling, wrestled all the way through high school, like was state champion, all of that stuff. Went to college. It was so boring, bro. I didn't want to fight. I seen the UFC. I was like, man, that's too extra. They're bloody all the time, like doing way too much. But then I started doing jujitsu and it kind of changed my my perspective. But one thing that was a little different is I grew up wrestling with Marvin Eastman's son, and he trained at JSEC with Chuck Liddell and, you know, Couture, Tito, all of them. So for me, I got to go up there and I had a different perspective because I went in and I got to train with John Lewis Jiu-Jitsu. You know, he, he was a co-owner with Skip for JSEC. And I got, I got to train with those guys and see those guys up close. And I was like, man, that looks like fun, like a little, little bit of a higher um, – side of competition, you know? So I went out, uh, started training, learning to kick stand-up was garbage, bro. But, you know, I got to see the stuff that happened in the gym that, that Chris was talking about that he wanted to see so bad. Um, me getting in the gym had to be a little later than him because I was around like 09, getting in there. He had to be earlier than that if they still had the karate downstairs. Um, but... You know, that's kind of how I started my, my mixed martial arts career. And, you know, we started doing Muay Thai, and that's primarily where I prefer to um, train nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Okay. See, well, one thing I do like is, like, um, on the call, too, we have a good mix between, like, strikers and grapplers. So I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where that combo leads as well. Because um, Dave Mazzagatti also has, like, um, like he has been working with them. Um, Muay Thai for a good portion of his life, and um, there might even be some overlap with uh, Master Chan. So mm -hmm. I'm going to dig a little deeper into that too. For uh, sure. So Will, so Will, how about you? What kind of yeah, so, um, yeah. So the martial arts uh, experience started when I was like five. We did the uh, United Studios of Self Defense thing. You know, there's pictures of me and my brother, like in karate gis or whatever, in like a weird pose. And, um, and I didn't really, I didn't really enjoy it as a kid. Uh, it wasn't like a place that I look, looked forward to going to. And um, a lot of it uh, was just like, cause that was what my brother wanted to do. So the second that he was like done, I never went back either, you know, and I didn't really care. And then when I was like 12, I actually grappled for about eight months um, because my brother ran into someone at a 24 hour fitness when he was like messing around with a buddy of his and some guy like approached them and was like hey like i own a gym you guys should come grapple at my gym or whatever and it was some hole in the wall on like decatur and i don't even know uh, russell on like russell indicator like right down the street you know and uh so because he did it i went and did it you know and i was a little older he was 17 i was 12 and uh also then didn't really enjoy it um it wasn't strictly grappling we were like doing judo throws and stuff like that too and uh there was like some striking involved but it was I don't know. It, well, it wasn't fun, you know, and the, and the day that they made me like buy a gi, it was like so thick and heavy and uh, I just would get so tired. And um, <clears throat> so when he was done with that, I never went back either. And then I met my wife and her brother was, uh, sorry, the dogs are barking. Her brother was fighting on extreme couture. Uh, he still does, but he was then also. And um, so this is like four years ago. And um, 
you know, I met her and she, she was training also. And, you know, I, I met her brother and he's like, you know, do you train? Like, are you interested? All this stuff. And I was like, Oh no, I did a little bit as a kid. Like I'm not really into it, you know? And, um, then I went to a pack the Mac, right. Which is the, uh, really big MMA show that we have every year out here. Um, yeah, it's at Thomas and Mac. So I go and, you know, when you go, you sit with everyone from the gym. So it was like my first time meeting a bunch of MMA fighters. Right. And, uh, everybody was like super nice, like literally every single person. And a lot of them now are my friends, obviously, but, um, just meeting all these guys for the first time, they were like super welcoming and the vibe was just like nice. And, um, and then it was just, it just happened that like extreme couture also almost perpetually runs like a group on right for a three month membership or whatever. So literally the next day I just bought the group on. And <clears throat> so even now there are still a lot of aspects of training MMA that like, I'm not really into, but what really hooked me is the same thing that hooks a lot of other people is like, you start grappling for the first time as an adult and uh, I don't know. Like, you know, it's just like that's that whatever kind of special thing about doing jujitsu that that pulls you in. Like it just got me too. you know, like the whether it's like figuring out the puzzle of another person trying to do whatever they want to you while you're trying to do what you want to them or, you know, um, I don't know, even just like that weird camaraderie that develops, like when you're literally trying to strangle someone, you know, um, <laughs> everything about it. I just love it. I love grappling. It's like my only hobby at this point. And so I will. I'll go and, you know, I do a little bit of boxing with my wife because that's what she likes. And I have a, um, a really good friend and we actually do kickboxing in his garage and that's, that's fun. But like when I'm at the gym, I'm, I could care less, you know, I'd rather just go and grapple and so, yeah. Yeah. That's where definitely I with the mat. Definitely yeah. With the mat grappling. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I kind of like how you mentioned like the, the, almost like a, what I like to call like the human chest aspect of it. So in my opinion, I feel like with BJJ, it's the, least natural of the of all the martial arts like it's something that doesn't really come inherently you have to actually be taught it in, in my in my personal opinion like i think through nature we're able to learn how to throw a punch learn how to throw a kick but we've all kind of seen it where it's like if someone falls on their back it's just like a panic mode you know if somebody hits the ground it's like what do i do their only um natural instinct is to stand back up since we're natural uh, naturally bipedal so i think mentioning that aspect is kind of what brought me into martial arts as well because even though I did train a lot of striking uh, especially with my cousin in terms of like boxing and Muay Thai um my heart is definitely with BJJ and I'm still the white belt like um never really touched key too much until recently but yeah I will say like there's a certain aspect of it where it's an aspect of dominance but also like you said camaraderie that kind of like humbles people that lets you know that at any given moment we're you know trained professionals in terms of what we could do just by um, extrangulation, wrapping up limbs, so on and so forth. So I kind of like that, that you mentioned that aspect. And I also think it's cool that um, with your wife, it's also kind of expanding your view of like martial arts a little bit more. Even though you're still a grappler at heart, it still gives that little extra, kind of try things out a little. Well, you know, you, you, when you come in at 27, 28, and someone's like, yeah, this is how you move around, like when you're throwing punches, like your feet just don't work the same way as when you try and learn it at even 17 or 18, you know, like even now, like my feet don't really work. Like I, I like just unlocked actual footwork semi recently, you know, and like, like cutting angles and doing all that stuff. Like you see it and you're like, wow, this is what I want to do. And then you go and you spar somebody and you're like, I'm just eating punches. Like, 
for, for a long time, I was like, what is fun about this? Yeah, I think, I think it's cool that you mentioned that as like, a, um, like an unlockable, like something that you had to unlock, almost like a video game kind of thing. Because <laughs> then from there, we're able to kind of build on it. Okay, so one, one thing I want to ask is, like, um, for everyone, is, like, how has martial arts kind of, like, affected your life and what value has it brought to you outside of competition? Like, has it changed you on an individualistic level? Has it changed how you interact with people socially? Um, you know, how has that, how has being a competitor in a martial arts kind of changed you up until this point, up until present day? I know for me, it's made me a lot calmer. Um just in terms of doing, uh, you know, jujitsu, that aspect of someone on top of you just smothering you and going into the panic mode has helped me in life. Um, you know, training that five times a week um, and just getting that feeling of when you're first starting out of losing your breath, uh, being out of like feeling like you're just drowning. Uh, for me, it's helped just because with everything else, it seems so minimalistic seems less stressful, you know, when you're going throughout the day, just that, you know, for me, I'm easy. I'm more likely to shrug something off. Like, uh, all right, dude, you're just having a bad day, I guess. Um, you know, and right. approaches like that. Um, it's helped me out in professional life. I'm getting frustrated with something. Just take a deep breath, let it go, go on to the next day. Um, you know, in terms of stuff like that, for me, it's helped me out uh, in a bunch of aspects personal life, uh, job life, everything like that. You, you know what's dope, bro? Like, for me, it helped me out in so many ways because I started so early. Um, so remember I told you I, I, I lost a lot sooner when, when I was a young kid. So what it did, it taught me that you're going to lose in life. You know what I mean? My first year of wrestling, I got head like every single match my neck was hurting and I was crying every single match, fifth grade, you know, so that's terrible, a terrible thing to experience because I've never been like that. But toward the end of the year, I persisted, I trained and they taught me how to stop the headlock and I ended up winning state year one, going from horrible to beating the guy that kept beating me, right? But it taught me that there's going to be bullies in life. It taught me that you're going to lose in life. It taught me like the reality and, and that, I could work harder to, to overcome that reality, if that makes sense. And, um, you know, it just gave me a different perspective because a lot of people are going around like there shouldn't be bullied, blah, blah, blah. It shouldn't, but it is. It's reality. You know, and you have to have a certain mindset in life if you want to make it, if you want to be happy, if you want to um, persist. So I was grateful to have that experience when I was young. So as I grew up, you know, like, I'm state champion, then I see the Ohio state champion. He built like a man. I'm still built like a boy, you know, and I get dog. But I was the big dog in Nevada. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I had to see that no matter how good I got, it was somebody else out there that was, you know, going hard. And maybe they were better than me. Maybe they weren't. But, you know, I, it, it taught me how to learn that love for the competition, 
you know, and, and put me at that mindset. I like that. Like, it actually really, like, because one thing I'll say from both of you, it seems like in terms of, like, conflict resolution, that's, like, one big outcome from it. Whereas, like, really understanding that, like you said, we can't get rid of bullies. Like, life is full of them. They may not be formally introduced as a bully or anything, but um, life is all about conflicts and how we overcome them. And so it seems like that's something that both of you kind of uh, experienced the air times as well. Yeah, I like definitely. 100%, bro. And I know... um. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was going to add to that. So I think that like, like I've really kind of experienced that as well. Um, I did a little bit of BJJ when I was really younger. And um, I think at a young age, it taught me um, like like fighting out of a, of a submission, especially a chokehold when somebody's literally taking the oxygen from you. It's not like it's not a natural thing to, to feel. Um, or a natural thing to like have to psychologically like deal with or go through it, you know it's, it's right. like simulate like it's like drowning in a pool it's really uncomfortable and I think jujitsu w- when you learn how to calm yourself down and fight out of that chokehold and not freak out and not panic you know at least for me like it's taught me um, how to deal with a lot of my problems in life and I feel like like Anytime I run into something that's causing me a lot of stress or, or I'm having a problem dealing with something I can always kind of relate back to back to learning how to calm my breathing down and maneuver out of a chokehold. I like that. Like, um, there was actually one aspect, one portion of my life where I was actually um, a lifeguard. And um, yeah. having that feeling, I can definitely say from what you guys are saying too, it is very similar to kind of yeah. knowing how close you are to that, that last second of breath. Because you never know, like, you know, you never know when it's going to mm-hmm. be your true last kind of thing. Because um, I'll never forget one day we were doing training and um, we had to dive into like a 12 feet, 15 feet deep pool. And um, our instructor, 6'3", maybe like 240, something along those lines. We were, we were kind of, the test that we had to do was actually save him from the bottom of the pool and bring him all the way back up. Me, I'm only 5'9". At the time, I was like 150, 160. And so bringing him up to the water and even just kind of putting him on like a little flotation device is a challenge. And so we had to go down there all the way, lift him up, and he was doing whatever he could to make himself feel like dead weight. But you can actually see, well, you can actually feel and experience each one of the breaths just kind of getting closer and closer to like that blackout feeling where it's just like, you know, what are you going to do in that instant? How are you going to get yourself out? And in that particular case, it's like, how are you going to save somebody else from um, that particular situation as well? And I do think with grappling especially, being so close to the conflict where you know that at any given moment it's a life or death situation, it now calms us where we need to focus mentally and how we're going to have to react to it. Because if we let our emotions react, it may not be the right outcome. I agree. Yeah, and and learning how to rationally think about that when your life is on the line, I think there's a lot that can be learned from that. And then you can take that, those lessons and apply that to probably anything that you do in life, whether it's business or law or school. Yeah, I can agree with that 100%. Because, like, um, in my opinion, um, so, like, I took a sociology class um, back when I was finishing my undergrad. And um, for me, one of the concepts of sociology that stood out to me was conflict theory. And that's why I started started framing my reference about life, like, how we go about everything in life. There's always going to be some sort of obstacle or hurdle that we can either you know, embrace and overcome, or we can turn the other cheek and hope that we don't see it again. And I think with martial arts, it kind of showed us, and 
speaking from my perspective, it definitely kind of allowed me to be more willing to embrace those obstacles and really give it my all. There's no guarantee that um, I'll overcome it, but at least I can say there's a guarantee that I've tried. Yeah. That's the way, that's the way I kind of view it at least. Hey, you know, another dope thing and the, the people that do jujitsu, they'll kind of be able to reference that or if they're young and they'll experience as they are is like wrestling is so many different ways to wrestle, bro. There's so many different ways to do jujitsu, different body types, like big country, he'll sit his belly on your face. Had it personally done to me and his freaking belly is like an extra limb, bro. And you cannot move, you're stuck. It work. It doesn't matter if you're buff. You you'll push into fat, and he won't go anywhere, bro. So, you know, it's like there's so many different techniques work for so many different body styles, and it's not one way to do it. And, and that's something that you can take and put into your your personal life because you don't have to do anything like somebody else. It's another way to do it. It might not be the way that you're taught, but it's another way to do it that can work for you. Yeah, you know I mean, and that gave me like that perspective where, like. I look for different ways to do things because everything doesn't work for me. I'm not aggressive mentally in the first place, you know? So, but when I wrestle, I am aggressive. I like aggressive moves, jujitsu, not necessarily aggressive. So I had to find different ways and different mentors and teachers that can give me moves that were aggressive because laying down, laying on my back, it just, for me, didn't make me, um, didn't make me happy. I, I hated being there. So, you know, it, it's like different ways to perceive things, but it's all, you know, grappling. I have to agree on that. Uh, just being in jujitsu, you develop your own sense of style. Um, after you get to a certain point, you start grappling in your way. Um, you know, what David said, different styles, different body types. Um, I've trained with, you know, Roberto, Jimenez, who his style is very rapid fire, very attack, chain attack. And for me, I'm more of the slow, steady, you know, pressure, uh, slow movements. So, you know, just developing your own style. Like, I agree, you you work out your own way. 100%. Yeah, one thing I'll say from experience, because I have rolled with both uh, Dave Jordan and Will, and I will say that's one thing that definitely kind of like stood out because um, I'm kind of like the in-between build between both of you. And it was definitely a very unique challenge in itself to kind of embrace them. Because like me and Will, we were able to, Will should remember this, we grappled like recently, it was a couple of months ago. So it's like, I'm a big boy now. Like um, I'm starting to become big country, like you mentioned, <laughs> or more close to Daniel Cormier, I'll say. <laughs> but even then... Like when I was hesitant to kind of go and was like, oh, well, like, you know, there's a huge weight advantage. Well, I'm not going to say huge, but <laughs> there's a decent weight advantage. And it's like, you know, I would have to try to tailor that to kind of make sure I'm not just utilizing that purely to get like advantage and everything. And Will was able to find a way just using pure technique to work out of it and really, you know, find the positions that he needed to get a couple subs on me and really make it where it was like still a challenge for both of us even though he did get the, the best of me that day <laughs> but it's like I think it really does explain like how the different styles that each of us has and I, and I know Will too like um being at Extreme Couture you know you have active like UFC fighters like, the heavyweight champion Francis Nascondo is there so it's like dealing with that and similar body types there I'm sure you've had like all kinds of like challenges that's come with your grappling experience too yeah um 
Yeah, you know, there's there's a lot to talk about. Uh, everyone said some really great stuff that I really agree with. Um, if we if we just look at the way that the martial arts journey has impacted me specifically, it has a lot to do with what you're saying, which is that like, um, and like as a person, my brain like always needs stuff to do. You know, like I'm kind of like a border collie. Like I can't just sit and relax and do nothing and right, right. um and so for a lot of my adolescence like video games were okay for that but then i i got to a point where i was, when i was like 20 ish where they really just stopped uh working for me in and so like now when something comes out that like i really want to play um it'll take me forever to finish something like a, like like the last spider-man that came out on playstation 4 or whatever a couple of years ago it took me forever to finish it because I, I i can't just sit there and play a game for more than like an hour and a half i can't do it um and jujitsu uh for whatever reason you know because of what it is there's always more to like figure out right and so when you look at um going back to how everyone grapples differently and you build your own style and stuff like that um uh, one thing that I like to bring up, which uh, you all might have heard of before, is um, there's uh, there's uh, Johnny's, Spikes, and Timmy's, right? And this is um, something that goes back to uh, Magic the Gathering, which is a competitive card playing game, but also applies to like uh, fighting games like Street Fighter and stuff like that. And it has to do with the way the characters are both designed and the way that people play them. So spikes are the people, uh, if we apply it to grappling, but the people in your gym who 100% of the time always come and they bring their A game and that's all they do. They don't care if you're a brand new white belt, it's your second day. If they got a good guillotine, they're going to guillotine you. Like all they want to do is come in and guillotine people as many times as they can, if that's what their A game is, right? Right. Johnny, Johnny's um, in general are the archetype that only cares about flashy stuff. So if they like, you know, flying on platas, they'll start from the feet and they will, they'll go eight matches in a row, eight rounds in a row. And every time they get back to the feet, they're looking for that flying plata. And if they get one that day and everyone else smashes them because they know it's coming, they don't really care because they hit their flying plata, right? Um, Timmy's are on another end of the spectrum where they're there really just to hang out. They like the social aspect. So um, most people are a combination to some degree, right? Most people are a combination of Spike, Timmy, or Johnny or whatever. And for myself, I lean really heavily into the Johnny camp. I'm like a Johnny Timmy. Like I, I spent three years at least not really, like I spent three years accidentally having stuff that I got good at and it was all reactionary. <laughs> like I got, like I got good, I have a good guillotine because I never really learned or cared to um, prevent someone from getting an underhook. So my answer to the underhook, right? from top side control or whatever was just to pivot on my knee and throw a guillotine on instead of, instead of actually having a dominant top game. Right. Um, and it was the same thing like a straight ankles. Cause it's the same, you know, it's the same kind of hold or whatever, uh, same grip. And a lot of the time you sort of end up there on accident. Like a lot of straight ankles are catch, you know what I mean? Like guillotines are. So, so for me personally, what martial arts did uh, was not just, let me be creative and give my brain something to constantly be figuring out. Like even now when I'm at home, if I'm not doing anything, I'm probably watching some instructional or, you know, I'm like, I'll be messaging my main coach. We just talk theory all the time. Like it's gave me something to think about all the time that I couldn't ever run out of stuff to think about. And then actually doing it, I'll grapple for an hour and a half and, and, you know, I'll be dead, but I, but like, yeah, I can go another round, you know, like <laughs> mentally, like mentally, yeah, let's do it. 
you know, because over and over and over, you can approach every single role and you can do something completely different. You can, you know, you can uh, do jazz jujitsu and just let it happen, or you can run a route. Um, so yeah, so that was the biggest impact like on my life was I, uh, you just can't get sick of it, you know? And so now that I'm starting to kind of really like stand up also a little bit, uh, as I start to realize that there are a lot of things, you know, on the feet that you can do that are similar to the way that you can approach your grappling match, right? Like, um, we had a boxing coach tell us the other day that most amateur boxers, they need like three, they need like three moves, you know, you need like three combinations. And then you need to get good at those three combinations, finding openings for those three combinations. And then, yeah, go be an amateur boxer, right? And you can say the same exact thing to someone who's just started grappling. Like people get to their blue belt being good at triangles, you know what I mean? And so once, once he said that, and I kind of made that little bridge in my mind, then I'm like, yeah, maybe I could check out stand up a little bit more. But um, yeah, so for me, that was the biggest impact was like just the, having something I could think about all the time and you can never run out of content. Like you can never run out of questions to ask, you know? Yeah, and I, I will say I'm very similar in that regard where I love the social aspect of it, but then also I do like the flying stuff. Not flying stuff, I mean the flashy stuff. A little bit of flying too. Because like um, one thing that me and Dave Jordan used to always talk about, I wonder if the same approach kind of applies to striking. I think it would because um, David knows once I first started out, that I was using those instructions. I was on YouTube heavily. Like the, the two channels that I started off with was Missions 101, um, which was Tin Planet, and then um, Quan Kicker, who does like Taekwondo Muay Thai instructions. So I would try to bring those techniques into the gym. And like you said, when it works, oh, dude, it's amazing. Like um, I caught a flying triangle before, multiple go-go fadas, and um, a couple of spinning back kicks. And, and Dave Mazzagatti knows, like, you know, we're going to start working those soon. But Dave Jordan, my cousin, when we were at the train, he used to come in with the sound, you know, like you said, like the sound foundation, where it's more so just like, the, nah, you're not catching me with that today. <laughs> and even to the point where um, he would kind of get a little trolly, like you're saying, like everyone has their own different styles. So I'll never forget it, because um, he was doing it full-time, I was doing it part-time. Never will forget this. Two things is like I'm very, well, I was very flexible, so they would call me like Gumby in the gym. So I would rely heavily on that flexibility, but David wasn't having it. Like he was just like, nah. And um, he's the first one to arm bar me. Never forget that. And then two, once I started learning like some more flashy stuff, I'll never forget it. He actually did um, a spinning triangle from Spider Guard in no gi, no gi. I was, <laughs> but I think it kind of goes down to like that. Um, that rock paper scissors kind of approach like you know who's really focusing on just like those foundations versus who wants that that flashy kind of like look at me highlight real moment. so i think that's really unique that you brought that up because also even with the expansion of mma in the mainstream we're really seeing the amount of instructional videos online grow significantly like we can learn from legends from both striking and grappling like um, for me i love watching um um galval a lot of him a lot of um I can't think of the other guy. Oh, I can't think of the other guy right now, but I'm a huge fan of his. Gordon? No, no, no. Not a recent guy. He's definitely like a legend in this sport. Um, I can't think of his name right now. In anyway, but it's like we're able to learn so much from those traditional martial artists and make it the more mixed martial artists that we are today. But I would say even from all of us on the, on the call, it seems like we are, even if we're not in MMA, we still have that mixed experience of being mixed martial artists and having some sort of relativity between multiple different uh, multiple different disciplines. 
Yeah, yeah bro. So, oh, I thought you were about to say something. Beach, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody was about to say something. <laughs> no, but no, that that is interesting, bro. Because I remember back in the day, you used to always come in with like new moves from from YouTube, but. The thing that people miss out is you're learning moves, but you don't learn the correct positions for your body in terms of you can't like weight distribution, getting oh, right, and, and that's what you need before you perform a move because good position lets you do almost anything you want to, you know. So you had moves, you had flexibility, but you didn't always know the position, you know. So for me, that new position, it was like, well, I could kill that with good position sometimes. You know, and, and that's that's really all that was. That that was my experience was I, I can always be in a good position. And that's something that wrestlers have um, inherently because we don't work submissions. Literally, all we work is being in good position. So when we learn yeah, jiu right, when we learn how not to get choked out and what to stay away from, then we can always rely on position. You know, and and that like kind of give us a leg up a lot of times. That's why jujitsu guys hate wrestlers. You know, especially when they learn. At first, they'll just choke us out, but you know, once we learn, it's annoying. Yeah, agreed. Wrestlers with sub defense, not fun. <laughs> I will say, I think um, the same kind of approach applies to how you approach striking as well. Because I know, like, with me and Dave Mazzagatti, like, since we're training a lot more, he's much more of um, a traditionalist with, like, pure Muay Thai. And, like, for me, I have that good blend of Muay Thai, Taekwondo, and boxing a little bit. And I know that's one thing that both of you share. And this is kind of where I wanted to mention, like, uh, Master Chen. Um, it seems like both of you speak, like, in very high regards of them. Because I think, um, Dave Mazagazi, I think you were saying your dad worked um, worked out with, like, Master Chan before, right? Like, back in Thailand yeah. or when he was first coming out to the States? He worked with Master, Master Chan here in Vegas. Okay. That's what's um, up, bro. Not exactly sure what years that was in. I'd have to uh, ask him about that. But, yeah, he, he talks about Master Chan quite a bit. And my, Master uh, Toddy as well. So, like, the, the kind of lin lineage with that is um, Master Toddy used to own a gym out here. Master Chan was under Master Toddy, you know. So, yeah. at that gym, Master Toddy taught. Master Chan did a lot of privates. He, and your pops probably could attest it. He didn't know that much English. So, you had to really, like, become intimate with him to, to kind of learn yeah. what the heck they were saying to you. But Yeah, yeah. That's, you kind of do with Thai people. Oh, 100%. But they are some of the best in Vegas. I, I would say that in the country when Master Toddy was here. Yeah. And even my one of my uh, Muay Thai instructors, uh, Jason, you remember him from Fight Capital. Yeah, he's a student of Master Master Toddy as well. Mm -hmm. Andrada, right? Yep. Yep. No, yeah, that's my Gemma, guy. Andr yep, Andrada Muay Thai. Working with mm -hmm. uh, Shevchenko now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a good one dude, thing, bro. Oh, yeah. Real great instructor. Like, um, so I want to make a quick pivot. So I wanted to ask kind of each of you like a kind of personal question. Um, by me knowing you and knowing like your backgrounds and everything. So like, um, 
I don't know who I should pick on first. Is there any volunteers? I'll go. Pick on me, bro. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll Chris beat you to it. I'll go Chris then Dave Joe. So okay, so Chris, so like now that you're a family man, it's like how has martial arts kind of contributed contributed to your view of being like a father slash like the protector of the family? Like is that something that martial arts has kind of brought into your life to make you build that inherent like confidence or kind of contribute towards you being like a father in any way? Uh, I think, I think what it did is just kind of made me a little harder on what I expect from them. <laughs> um, being as the, the girls, the, my two oldest girls, they're, uh, they're training. Um, the little one, she is still too young to really grasp it. But my oldest one has been in it for in and out for a year and a half. Um, so whenever she learns something, I bring here, I'm like, all right, let's practice it. Let's try to do something like it's not going to work. Let's do this. Um, so in that aspect, what I expect from them is to all the train either, you know, for me that the base is the four pillars to me, in my opinion, is jujitsu, wrestling, Muay Thai and boxing like that. At one point, the kids are all training in one of the four. Um, I feel like those are the four. If you're a modern martial artist, those are the ones that you need to be either in or starting to learn. Um, so for in terms of the protector, jujitsu, definitely. Um, my original coach, uh, Henry, he was one of like, uh, David must maybe have run into him in 09. Cause I think he was still either with John Lewis. Cause that was one of his students before. Um, but, uh, one of the things when I first started training is once you get to a blue belt, you know, more than 90% of regular people out there. And then once you go beyond, it's even more and more. Um, so to me, it's just, I am never afraid of a physical altercation, but I never want to be in it. Um, so for for me, it made me more uh, confident that if something happened, I could handle myself. Um, of course, there's times where that's not going to help you, so, which is where you have to John Wick it and have to do other means to protect yourself, you know. But, yeah, in terms of, of for me, jujitsu just – yeah, more confident, more knowing that at the end of the day, something happens, you don't stress about it as much because um, you know you're going to be able to protect them. Um, it's more for my girls. It's made me more aware of how uh, important it is for them to learn it. Um, some of my classmates, you know, my teammates, they're, I've had uh, – her name is Skylar. She's a buck 15, and if I'm not on my A game – She's destroying me. So that's one of the reasons for me that once I started, I was like, yeah, man, I can be the protector all I want, but you guys are doing this to protect yourselves. So I think it makes a big impact on, in my opinion, uh, the male ego. Cause I know for me, it very much has leveled me out and shown me like, if you don't train, you're going to go out there and think you're Billy badass. If you've trained, and I'm pretty sure David can attest to this, you're going to have run into guys who think they've watched one video on YouTube and now they're ready to rock. And then when they find someone that's actually trained and is training, it's like you're you're more than likely like, dude, just chill out, relax. But if they want to escalate it, that's when you know you're already, all right, I got you. And right. end it quickly. <laughs> but that for me is one of the aspects that comes in handy when you know like jiu-jitsu, boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling – 
is when you get one of those guys who never trained, you can you know if it comes down to it, it's gonna be over in a minute. Okay. One one bonus question I'll have with that, and anyone could chime in on this too. So knowing that more and more kids are kind of learning like martial arts early on, do you think that's just as beneficial? Do you think it's also detrimental just as it is beneficial? Because there are videos where like kids go into high schools and you know they'll still get into like a little altercation, but now you do have these little trained individuals going against normal high schoolers who've never been exposed. So what is, um, because as we have met, kind of mentioned too, like being bullied and stuff, like when we're younger, we didn't really have to worry about that threat of being bullied by actual mixed martial artists as well. Because like, I think it comes with, um, you know, like the, the typical Spider-Man quote, with every, you know, with every power comes great responsibility. <laughs> I hate to be that guy, but I had to. But it's like, how do we ensure that <laughs> individuals are going to be using it correctly and not abusing it, you know? And any, anyone could chime in on that one. Bro, I think um, I, would, I would say my opinion is like, <laughs> it's almost like gun law. You know what I mean? You, you, you go to like Texas, you rarely see anybody get shot because everybody has guns. You know, so I look at it the same way. When, when you teach a kid martial arts, you don't just teach them how to beat people up. You teach them how to control yourself. You teach them how to de-escalate situations. You teach them how to do a, a lot of those different things. And you will right. have bullies sometimes and that might be a perfect storm where you get one big buff bully that knows martial arts that is out of control. You know, and society has to deal with those type of people, but they're rare. For the most part, it's going to help the smaller people that can't defend themselves, even the playing field, so they don't feel powerless okay yeah, so overall it's kind of like shortening that. that gap that's what you're saying mm-hmm. yeah i agree with that you know it's come to a point where eventually all kids are trained uh you'll get that outlier of course it's just that big dickheaded kid but uh if everyone knows how to train everyone's trained you'll have a lot less of that that you know that escalation Okay, and I think eventually that that one dickhead kid is gonna end up picking a fight with somebody who's far superior at martial arts than he is. So it's almost like we're kind of hoping for that certain point to happen. Somebody that's better than them. You know, it it doesn't matter how good you are at martial arts. You're always gonna confront somebody that's gonna be ultimately much better than you. True. That's true. And, And okay. I think martial arts has a way of, you know, um, one way or another, there, you know, balance is going to be found. Okay, I like that. Well, let me let me pivot to Will a little bit too, because um, this kind of ties into Will's personal question. Because um, we both talked about being instructors, and I know with you, you actually work a lot with the kids at the Extreme Couture program. Like, what have you been able to, to kind of like take away from that experience, and like seeing both the youth come into the same gym with adults practicing and just kind of getting better at their, you know, their own particular skills. That's a good question. Um, quick point of clarification. So I uh, started helping with the kids class right before I got my blue belt um, almost three years ago. And then uh, when we shut down for COVID, um, it took me a kind of a long time to actually get back to extreme couture, even after getting the vaccine and stuff like that. So um, 
at that point too, you know, my, my work had pivoted to work from home and, um, I was trained in mostly in garages and I still kind of am. And, um, so I'm actually not helping with kids class now anymore. I showed up like for a, a quick celeb class not too long ago. And it was really great to see the kids again. And, um, I'll stop by like if I'm hitting up like a boxing class in the evening and stuff like that, but I'm not actively helping with the uh, kids class instruction anymore, but I did for, yeah, like almost three years. So in terms of, um, you know, stuff that I noticed, uh, like trends or the way that the kids develop and, and all of that, you know, you, you said in comparison or alongside adults and it's, I think it's actually a really interesting thing to look at, which is, um, and this is like an ad, an, an advocation for, uh, getting every kid into martial arts is kind of what we're talking about. Right. Um, when you take a, when you take like a, like an eight year old and you throw him into jujitsu because you saw that he kind of liked a rough house, I've never seen a happier little kid than, than some little kid who just kind of likes to wrestle around a little bit, you know, likes to get physical. And then you put him in an environment where that's all you're doing and uh, all you're learning. Um, I've never seen a happier little kid than kids who like to put their hands on you in the first place. Uh, cause just cause it's fun, you know, not maliciously. And then you go tell them, yeah, go try and, you know, get up off your back or go try and make sure this kid can't put his chest to your chest or whatever you say. Right. Um, and I, and I think you see that a lot less with adults, even adults who started jujitsu after wrestling. Um, I don't know. It's just like that, that little bit of extra spark that kids carry with them into things that they really enjoy. I think that that really helped me to fall even more in love with grappling. When you see a little kid who likes being there in the first place, then they learn how to do something new and then rounds start that day. And like when a little kid hits the move of the day and they're just like beaming about it, you're just like, how, like, how can you not be happy? Like right, right. That they're happy about doing the thing you just showed them and then they tried such a positive feedback. Loop. So that was a real big thing for me that like made me want to keep going back to kids class too, because the other aspect of kids class is that they're little kids and little kids don't always listen and they, you know, don't always get it. And they can be a lot harder to show stuff to than adults. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's harder to teach them sometimes and, and all of that. Um, behavioral issues, whatever. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, could talk about it a lot, but, but, uh, I think, I think everyone along at least their jujitsu journey as they progress through belts, I think everyone to get to black belt should at least be able to teach. And I think a lot of people should be made to help teach. Um, if just because, I think it gives you a fresh perspective when you have to work with people who don't know what they're doing and it's like on you to make them get it. And then when you up the ante and they're little kids, I think it all, I think not only is it a greater challenge, but also it, like it did for me can help you really become reinvigorated with the sport in the first place. So. No, I like that. Honestly, I think the move of the day kind of, it kind of brings me back to like getting that gold star in school too. You know, just that little moment of just, you know, being recognized and showing that they're growing and improving. So yeah. Really, yeah. And I feel like even if you haven't been doing the instructing recently, the impact that you had on those individuals and like those kids, that's still going to be long lasting. You know, because we actually had a good conversation about that and uh, explaining like um, right. you know, some of the feedback you got from both the students as well as the parents and seeing that kind of brightness that you're kind of instilling into the next generation. I think it's something that's very beneficial. 
Yeah, when you take the kids to a tournament, you know, even if you're just sitting in the chair yelling, like, keep your hands on the belly, keep your hands on the belly after they got a takedown and they're stuck in some kid's guard or something like that, you know, you come back and then all the kids, like, make you cards and all the parents are like, oh, thanks so much for this weekend. And you're like, damn, dude, like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, that makes that made me feel amazing. Like, that, I still love the cards. <laughs> oh, yeah, I love it. See, I think yeah. the thing that you've gotten to experience is, like, being instructed that's like right there with them. Because like, I think even through like this education like K through 12, there's not enough students, not students, instructors that are heavily involved to kind of, you know, give those thumbs up when we needed to give those high fives. And I think being in that kind of situation kind of allows you to be there for them. And also this is on top of them going to school. Like you get to be a fun part of their day after they go through, you know, the fun, not the fun, but the, the worst part of the day as a kid. Not <laughs> okay. So what I'll do is I'll pivot it to you, Dave, Dave M. Mazagadi. So like, um, what was your experience like training in Thailand and what are some of the key cultural differences that you've kind of experienced going from over there in actual Thailand and bringing it back over to uh, Western culture? Uh, Dave, you might be on mute right now. <laughs> No, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of a loaded question. That's a lot to explain. Um, I, one of the biggest things over there, I think Muay Thai is very, it's very spiritual, actually. Um, and I, th I think some of the key motives for fighting for Muay Thai fighters in Thailand versus like MMA fighters over here, I think it's, I think, I think it's pretty different. Um, you know, uh, uh, another thing, there's no ring girls in Thailand. There's no, um, there's no like sense of uh, glamour in, in a lot of the matches over there. Um, you know, like, like a lot of times when you want to fight, you know, the ref will just raise your hand and then that's it. You just get out of the ring and you go home. There's not like, um, there's not like a celebration. There's not, um, you know, you, you're not going to, you know, celebrate necessarily. It's kind of, it's, it's different. Versus like, like, like I feel I feel like over here, you know, um, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty different. Um, and, and yeah, Th Thailand culturally, it's 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 a wickedly different place than here in America. Well, would you say like knowing knowing that we kind of have much more of like a flashy approach in the states, and there's a lot more entertainment behind it? Do you think that takes away from like the purity of the art itself? Um, not necessarily. Um, I, 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 I mean, define the purity of the art. Let me say that, say the last part one more time. Six. All right, sorry. So you asked if if I if I feel like like it takes away the purity of the art, like the flashiness and the entertainment side of things over here. Um, and I, I mean, not not necessarily. I mean, I mean, I think you would uh, like 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 define the purity of the art. Um, I, I I think I think I, I think everyone fights ultimately for different reasons. Um, I, I think just traditionally over there in Thailand. You know, people get in the ring and it's a spiritual journey. Um, you, you know, like, like, like when you're doing your white crew, when you're dancing, this is this is a um, 
it's a humbling thing. It's, it's, I mean, you're, you're, you're on more of like a spiritual path and it's not, this isn't about me getting in the ring. This isn't my ego. I'm not going in here to dominate another human being. Um, it's not your ego that's driving you forward to win a match necessarily versus I, I feel like, I feel like, and I've never fought over here in the United States, but I, I just feel like, like grappling in gyms and sparring with people and going to matches over here. I feel like, uh, you know, a, a lot of fighters are getting in the ring maybe for their ego or maybe that's what's driving them forward. Like, like in a Conor McGregor type of sense, you know, um, right. I, I just don't feel like, I feel like, you know, you meet a lot of people like Conor McGregor fighting over here in the United States, but I just feel like I have never in a Muay Thai gym ever met someone with some huge ego or someone who was infatuated with himself. It's not something that I ever encountered. Um, Do you, um, do you kind of miss like seeing that like on the um like even in terms of like the events and everything seeing how MMA is kind of going more towards like the entertainment route um, I feel like maybe so, like with 1FC they kind of preserved it pretty well but it definitely seemed yeah. like the UFC was becoming a little bit more right. entertainment based you know I, I, I'm not I'm not upset with that I think the UFC is going to do what they you know what they they what they need to do ultimately as a business, you know, they know how to market their company. They know um, what's going to get pay-per-view buys. And I think that ultimately the UFC as a promotion and the fighters that are fighting in it will promote whatever's going to get the most ticket sales. Um, how, like, like, uh, I mean, in Thailand, it's just, it's just not the same thing. I, I think that those types of promotions are somewhat uh, frowned upon culturally. That, that kind of makes sense, and, and I'm I'm sorry if it doesn't. Like it's, it's just like trying to like uh, uh, sum up a two and a half year experience and like their culture and and what it means. That that's pretty hard to put into context. Can you guys hear me okay? There's a little bit of activity in the background, so I just want to make sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear the dog in the background? Who's that? Can you hear the dog in the background? A little bit, but not, not too much. You're good. Okay. So, um, so Dave Jordan, I have one personal question for you, and then I have one closing out question for everybody. Um, your question kind of has already been covered. We were talking about like um the longevity of you doing like um wrestling for such a long like a long time since you were a kid and everything. So I will say. Kind of make it vary a little bit from what we already discussed. Like, what have you taken away from that entire experience? Like, what would you say kind of was the main thing that you gathered, like, even now as an adult, that wrestling has kind of given you that most individuals would not have received without going through that kind of process? So we do know that wrestling is one of the more strenuous um, sports you can do in high school compared to a lot of the other ones in terms of, like, you know, the physicality of it, the making weight process and all of that. So knowing that you've been doing that so consistently throughout um, your life, what have you been able to take away from it? Um, I mean, I kind of went over it toward the beginning, you know, with the aspects of learning how to lose. But um, I guess with wrestling, 
and I would say fight me in general, like, and, and I'll, I'll use it because I was, what, 20 years in wrestling, but 11 years into fighting as well. So I'll just kind of go over everything all at once. I think that, yeah, that works. Um, I learned that like sometimes like substance is what makes you win, but substance doesn't always draw. Um, substance doesn't always make you money, if that makes sense. So when you're going throughout your life, like you have to, and you're going through the fields, various fields, maybe business, whatever, like, stay marketing you, you you have a good product that complete circle for that product has to do with yes you have substance but man how do i bring people into the door you know and it's like a complete circle where i have to have somebody that's great at doing some great instructors great whatever but also have to have a great way to promote my brand that's going to bring attention to it if that makes sense and over my career that's something that I learned. You can't be like everybody else. You can't think that just because you're good at something, that's where the, the buck is. In life, you need the complete circle if you want to be successful. So um, I think that's one thing that I did learn. It's not just, oh, I got good at what I'm doing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Now, can you apply that? Okay, now that you apply that, how can I get people to relate to it? If that makes sense. And I, I've kind of understood that. And, you know, I'm implementing that with, you know, some of the things in my personal life that I'm doing now. But it took me a, a while to understand that. And I had to, you know, and you can't be sensitive um, when, when it comes to yourself. You have to be able to ask like deep questions like, oh, I'm beating everybody up. I'm knocking everybody out. Why haven't I, I don't know, gotten a shot at UFC yet or something like that? You know what I mean? I could be sensitive about it and just be bitter or I could be like, okay, uh, well, that dude's not as good as me, but he got a whole country. So he got, you know, 90,000 followers because he has a country, even though he's garbage, you know? So, you know, I kind of found out that that's, more of the driving factor of success, what you can market, not necessarily how good you are. Just that circle. That's what I learned. Okay, I like that. So it definitely gonna give it kind of gave you additional like um, business skills on top of just like the, the physicality and fighting. Right. Okay. Sounds good. All right, y'all. What I'll do is um, I want to thank all y'all for like allocating the time today. Sorry, I went a little bit over, but you know I think we were able to get like a, a good combo out of this, and I I really enjoyed understanding a little bit more of everyone's perspective. So I'm happy to kind of see what I was able to learn with each and every one of you on top of what I already knew coming in. So I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all experience, and then um yeah, thank you for this. All right, take care, fellas. Yeah, to you guys. Thanks, guys. Just got off the clock, just got on my chill. Called up my homie Brent to see what be the deal. What you trying to do? I'm just trying to heal. Hella floated, never bloated's what I'm trying to feel. Hop in the whipping.